0: Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast, and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone. Here's always with scott jenkins creative director of celtic way fighting off a little bit of the the backside of a cold i know so bear with any uh (laughs) any coughing that may (laughs) happen yeah yeah. will happen yeah yes yes i'll edit out as much as i can A lot to unfold today during this podcast. It's been a little bit since we've been on. And I think the most important thing as we head into Christmas, which will be when this podcast comes out, it'll just be a few days away. And, you know, we get, we get lost in the midst of the craziness of Christmas in our culture. And it's so very important to remember the roots of what we celebrate and why we celebrate what we do and even how we celebrate that. So I'll just hand it over to you, Scott, and maybe you can share a little bit about the idea of the incarnation and the idea of Christmas through a Celtic lens.
1: Yeah, great. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's been uh, six weeks of Advent for those of us who follow the Celtic tradition. So that's all winding down now, and it really did a good job setting us up. But Christmas is the thing of all things, right? For us Celtic people, I think for Christian people, too. It's a way of saying, I think God's way of saying a visible word to us to say, I love you. I love you by becoming one of you to be with you. You know, that whole Emmanuel, God with us, God within us, God all around us. And so I just really like being around healthy people at this time of year who get this. They're like, this is what it's all about. You know, this is really what's. this is like the message right here. And I'm like, yeah, it is, you know, and it's it's just so wonderful. The carols that we sing, it's really a a fantastic time of year. Ironically, I want to share with you this this experience that I had several years ago. Bill Huber, who's down in North Carolina, flew up to Colorado. I'm not sure how to describe Phil's spirituality. It's just so broad, way, way broader than just Christianity, you know. And I would say, except that people misunderstand this word pagan so much, but that's kind of like his thing. Well, we did this wedding for friends of ours, Tim, who is Catholic, and his wife, who is pagan, Sherry, and Sherry... um, eventually became a part of the Ecumenical Catholic Communion up in Longmont, Colorado, with her husband, Tim, and she was confirmed. And she really did this great balancing act, and just an interesting woman who would always come up and talk to me about Yule, and the wreath that you hang outside the door, and why, and just, oh, I just just love being around her. The sad part of the story is that several months ago, she became very ill, and she recently died. And Phil and I, Phil flew up, and we did her memorial service. And uh, I couldn't get over just the wonderful blend of acknowledging the pain and the suffering, the sadness of loss, and the rejoicing about what all of that meant in terms of afterlife But the biggest part of the day, we had a number of people who came forward and talked about her life as incarnation, as embodiment, as God living and expressing and loving through her being. And she was, as one person said, a force to be reckoned with and just powerful voice, but very joyful, very happy, um, very prayerful and always in touch with living out the Celtic way of her, of her journey. I walked out of that memorial service, and I was inspired. I'm sad for Tim, and I'm, I miss Sherry, and I will miss Sherry. But her legacy was left in spades, and it all had to do around the Christmas message, and nobody backed down from it. It's just because it was so real. And maybe that's what God's up to in in Christmas. He's just trying to say enough with this transcendent stuff that I'm way above the earth and looking down on people and I'm going to be this judge. Maybe it's really about me entering into a human story fully. And I just I just love that. And it's just so rich a time of year. It's just the best.
0: I think one of the things, you know, paganism gets a bad rap especially amongst Uh, christianity but what i've discovered is when we celebrate christmas when we celebrate the incarnation if you do that apart from the pagan roots that are that we find in this holiday season you miss some of the imagery you miss some of the understanding you had mentioned things like the wreath and the christmas tree a lot of those things come straight from paganism and it's not a negative thing at all i think a lot of times Mm -hmm. people say that paganism is some sort of devil worship or things like that but if you take celtic christianity and paganism there's so much commonality because there's so much connected to the earth there's so much connected to nature and you know christianity borrowed or maybe i should say stole a lot of the imagery that we currently use for christmas from the pagan communities and they're very if we can manage to not be offended by people who think differently than us we can actually expand our understanding (laughs) of this christmas season
1: yeah i hear that part really loud and clear (laughs) um and i and i want to say this that in the midst of the difficulties in the world and my god there's enough of them there's this underlying current of joy right now it actually gives me hope and hope is a big theme To Celtic Advent today, but I really, really have brought this into the Christmas season that, you know, it was a tough time when Jesus was born. I think it's being in this world, being human on the journey. I don't care what century you're living in or what part of the world. It's not easy. And it's difficult. I I think, too, it's just kind of like this whole engagement of God in our roots, in the messiness and the muddiness of life and the brokenness, you know, and I don't feel so all alone and so painful around the losses that we've had. or and, th- and those are real. But it's like one woman said at the memorial service, let's stop seeing death as the enemy, as the doorway to what's next. Because God created us to be born and to live in this world with all, all the difficulties and blessings and everything, and also to die. And all of that begins at Christmas, Right. God with us through every step of the way, through every breath we take to our last breath, to the very people that are brought into our lives. Don't you, every once in a while, you come across somebody you meet, maybe for the first time, and then they leave, and you're going to see them again, but you kind of are caught up with thinking, wow. <laughs> What is that person all about? What am I doing in their life? What are they doing in my life? I can't wait to see what happens, you know. And there's so many gifts in our relationship and our deepening awareness of God's presence. Merry Christmas for sure. Yes,
0: yeah. you're you're talking about hope in regard to Advent, and my wife Susie and I have been doing some work with Advent this year. And right, yeah, when we when we talked about hope, which is one of the first weeks in Advent. You know I was I was Thinking about the reality of the world that you had mentioned it, the reality of the world that Jesus entered into, and we had things like a really messed up political system. There was the religious system was a, a, just a nightmare. <laughs> Racism was all over the place. Women didn't have equal rights. And as I was saying those things out loud, I was like, "Oh, so pretty much like today." <laughs>
1: there it is. Yeah, and the rich exactly. were getting richer, and the poor were getting poor. Right? It, you know
0: exactly. So the idea of hope, you know, two thousand years ago when Jesus came into the world, is the same hope that we need today and yeah. so it's so relatable is what i felt as we were talking about hope and we need the same kind of hope today as as the people did back when jesus came into the world
1: yeah oh i just i li- i really love that you know and speaking of hope i hope you don't mind i <laughs> get it i hope you don't mind <laughs> but i want to kind of go down this path because i gave the only copy of your book that i had to a dear friend of mine at work and um, yesterday they called me on the phone they said well yeah I started reading this up on Friday and I finished it by Friday night I was like is (laughs) there another one I said I'm sure there will be but Uh, not right now there's not but they were like no really Scott I couldn't even put this down it's so good and I said great I said I want my book back
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can send you another one if you need and uh, Yeah, so,
1: and we were talking about, and and Renee said to me, what a gift, what a gift the way that Matt just unwrapped his life and said, here, here it is. I want you to talk a little bit about this, because all of us who have read your book, we're smitten by it, we're taken (laughs) by it. I mean, and here, and then I'm going to say this, and I'll be quiet, because it's so doggone real. Mm. I mean, how many people are going to tell the story about going over that fence and the way you landed and what happened? You know, I mean, nobody (laughs) says, I think that's what we need. That's what Christmas is about. Brother, give us insight to your book.
0: Yeah, well, the, the book's called Bring It Home, and the tagline is The Adventure of Finding Yourself After Being Lost in Religion. And the reason i i wanted to write this book forever and it was you know it was one of those things that was always in my heart but i didn't ever know the right time to to do it uh the pandemic kind of lent itself to offering a little bit more time for it and also just in my own life, you know, like you and I, Scott, as, as well as so many people in this world, we have this desire to connect with the divine in meaningful, practical, and mystical ways. And I've tried to do that so many ways, many of those ways through organized religion, through the church, through pastoring, yeah. through being a chaplain at a prison, whatever. And as I started thinking back through my own life stories, which is really what the book is, it's just story after story after story. And as I started thinking back through those, I discovered that. That, you know talk about the incarnation in every one of the stories whether it's a, a funny story like like the one you had referenced about hanging off you know hanging on the other side of a fence looking at a <laughs> <laughs> pants ripping down from my crotch or or whether it was a story <laughs> or whether it was a story of a prisoner that i i met who forgave his dad after beating him his whole life growing up you know every story had this deep connection to the divine. And as I was thinking about my life and my stories kind of post being in the church world, I really started realizing that that incarnation is in all of our lives, in all of our stories. And so I my, my hope in writing the book is that I write down my stories as, as crazy or ridiculous as some of them are in hopes that it will help people connect in their with their own story not only to themselves but also to see God in the midst of those stories. Yeah. And so that's that's the heart behind it. The other thing too is, you know, we can get so serious about our faith and rightfully so, but yeah. sometimes we have to find the lighter side of it as well. And so that's why I included some of the stories that, you know, will make you make you giggle a little bit as as well. Because I think as we make this journey together, It's important to be serious when we need to be serious, but it's also important not to take ourselves too seriously. And to know that, you know, when we think about Jesus and we think about the incarnation, you know, he he seemed to have some fun and uh, he also seemed to make some points. And that's really what I tried to do in the book. So,
1: yeah, you did it. Well, I, I'm always on the, on the lookout for the things that come from the, northumbria community about being available and vulnerable and when i got done with your book in the back that's what i wrote on it what's here availability i mean you have made your story your life available to all of us that's powerful and it's funny and it's serious you know and there's times you laugh and other times you may cry even Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. but then the vulnerability that comes through I can't stop thinking about your book so many times in the Christmas themes about the baby Jesus and all this stuff about talk about vulnerability
0: yeah well thank you thanks thanks for your uh, kind words and you know for me a lot of this I grew up Catholic you know and and that was such a special part this advent season that we celebrate was such a special part of my upbringing and uh and and you know that's when when i got to this place where i was really questioning god and and you know there was this kind of point in my life about five years ago where i got kicked out of this community that i started for really hurting people in our in our city and uh, it it was one of the harder parts of my life i would say not just professional life but life in general and when i got to that place i just realized you know the 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 thing that I needed to do in that moment was to trace God from the earliest spaces I could remember finding him. And that Yeah. Was, yeah. I like you, you know, have found God in those earliest times, like out in the middle of the woods and out right. in nature. And so reconnecting with God in some of those early memories and then just kind of, you know, laying that out throughout life. And and it was such a the book was such a healing journey for me mostly because i was able to see god through through all of the stories and and then you get to the place where you realize where you are right now and you you remember that god's never been void from where you've been even in those really really hard moments you know god was was right there and then we think about the incarnation and that's really in so many ways what jesus coming to be with us represents is that he's here for the good times he's here in the hard times and the incarnation represents not only is he here, but he understands. And he can, yeah. can he can truly relate. And he gets it. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, You know, Scott, I was uh, you know, speaking of this incarnation, speaking of the holidays, and I love that that when you've been experiencing it this year, it mm-hmm. brings about this sense of hope. <laughs> Susie and I we were we were at a, a local store and we weren't there shopping. We were there actually to just go get a, a cup of coffee before we went to do some music at something we had going on. And it, da- it I was looking around at all these people just bustling around. And I leaned over to Susie and I said, Susie, I have yet to see a single person smiling in this store. From that moment when we both realized it, we would try to just smile at people as they walked by. <laughs> and it was so hard to just get a response of a smile back to us, which again made us think, oh, our culture definitely doesn't understand <laughs> Christmas. No. But culture no. It. But then the beautiful part and Susie brought this up. She said, you know, you're going to see some smiles in a little bit because we were going to an elderly home to do music. We were going to do some holiday music for a memory care community. And the nice. beautiful thing is we went there and it was filled with smiles because there was Christmas wasn't skewed by shopping and by spending money in the hustle and bustle. Everybody was just overjoyed to be together and sing some carols together and talk about decorations and talk about life growing up or whatever it was. And so it was a great reminder to me that, you know, Christmas is meant to to be about connection. It's meant to be about hope, as you said, and it's meant to be about us being with one another. So it's God, Jesus being with us and us being with one another. And that truly is yeah. in my mind, what, what makes this holiday so special.
1: Yeah, that, that's it. We were driving home last night and Chris said to me, you can get lost in feeling the pressure of having to perform that isn't how you buy the right gift for the right person and all this stuff. And and I said, yeah, what do you think about that? And she's like, the love of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. She goes, we've lost our way about Christmas. Yeah, we have. And I, I can get caught up in that. We're not this year, though. This year is really rich in terms of our spiritual journey. Thinking about gifts and relationships Uh, i was contacted by this guy from uh ohio his name is frank mills and he's been a professor and he's taught celtic tradition and celtic history and celtic mythology i i don't get tired of talking to listening to him talk on the phone this is fascinating interesting guy he knows more about this stuff than i'll ever know and he contacted us because he would like to teach some classes for us. Uh, he's retired, and he kind of misses it. But he doesn't want to go back and do it full time. He just kind of wants to do it at his leisure. And so, yeah, so we've kind of worked this out. And uh, on Wednesday, you and I will do another podcast and, with him, and everybody will get to meet him. So that's that's been a real gift, and it's another relationship. And another relationship with the Heartlight Center uh, in Denver, which is a really cool place, but a really good relationship with a community that does a lot of grief work. And their building is open on Saturday nights, a lovely fireplace, dim lights, a bar, tables and chairs. Um, And they contacted us and we'll be doing a monthly liturgy there on the fourth Saturday of every month with a potluck and fellowship following with some wine and some food and Be good. And then my class on Wednesday on the Gospel of Luke will just keep running through January. Living the Celtic Way, I'm going to take a break during the month of January. That's our Thursday night class. And pick it up February, March, and April. And the thing I'm going to do with the three month class is I'm going to string together some themes that will become, I hope, like tools for people to put in their toolbox about. I want to learn a little bit about history. I want to learn a little bit about the important people who started this. I want to learn about their spiritual practices. I want to learn a little bit theology. I want this all to be geared with how can we deepen our lived experience with Celtic Christianity today. Because we have a lot of hope as we find God in nature or how god finds us through nature and we have a lot of renewed hope in a god that i used to think i was seeking all the time to turn around and god's like no dear boy i'm seeking you mm-hmm. and i'm after you and it's just the wonderful thing reading your book and meeting you and susie and other people in celtic Way. It just really occurred to me when I was writing in my journal that Christmas is about accepting God's acceptance of us. To receive the gift is to accept that gift and become that gift. What God did in Jesus, I really do believe God wants to continue to do through, through us today, to embody us with His Spirit, and to do exactly what you and Susie saw the need to do, to give a concrete human smile to people in in a season where you think they would just be doing that. But it's a great reminder. We need to smile. We need to make eye contact. We need to say, Merry Christmas, and to receive the acceptance of God's acceptance of us.
0: You can find Celtic Way on Facebook at Celtic Way Colorado. You can also find us on Instagram at Celtic Way Official. And of course, our website is www.celticway.org. Be sure to consider becoming a sustaining member to assure that the Celtic Way education and spirit continues on.